everybody. Welcome to the Midweek Podcast. This is Carl. Last week, we had a really great discussion with Terry and Victory, and we had such a good time that we just kept talking. So last week, we had part one of that episode, and today, we continue with part two. And we get a hotel booked. And we have all Jackie siblings minus one, or, or Jackie and Victory siblings minus one. We get it all planned. We fly David up from the States. Uh, he's waiting there in the wings in a room downstairs. Um, we kind of come up with a whole plan the night before. Yeah. Uh, try and get everybody ready. David prepared us with videos and all these things, and basically preparing, saying, you're not dealing with the person, you're dealing with the cult identity exactly basically to try and protect everybody because it was well known that victory would go for the jugular if she needed sure. to anybody in that situation would go for the jugular and, and it was preparing everybody and and as prepared as everybody hoped that they were they were not prepared <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> okay and uh so anyway yeah so what, is it, what does that mean victory yeah <laughs> Um, what, what, what happened from your perspective now oh man, coming yeah. into this holiday what happened yeah uh and and yeah what was going through your head what did sounds like maybe you what did you say what mm -hmm. did you do right um yeah so i got there um i think the first night so i actually ended up flying which okay. again was i think a surprise for all of them and but a benefit right like yeah because you want someone however many miles away or flying or things yeah. like that so it's more difficult to leave and it just on mine worked out better to fly and so got there we ended up just doing supper the first night nothing out of the ordinary right. on my end little do i know everyone's like in turmoil because they I'm know sure. what's happening I'm the next sure. day and i'm just loving life yeah and um and so first night and then the next morning my parents had just a larger room and and it was all normal like there was a table set up in their room we went there for breakfast and we'd it's normal for us to get together for breakfast and so we meet in my parents hotel room and um then all of a sudden people started leaving and terry like and i didn't realize this until like my nieces and nephews were leaving terry right. wasn't there because if Terry was there, that would, especially for me, would have been a huge red flag. Like out of everyone, oh, really? Terry, yes. Yeah, Terry was the worst, so to speak. Like Stan said, like Terry had an evil spirit on him because he started reading books on cults. And so it was, I was afraid to talk to him. Right. Afraid to talk to him and Jackie, but mainly Terry. Sure. And, um, and so Terry left, they took the kids. My sister-in-law's left. Um, and it was just my siblings and my mm -hmm. parents in there. And all of a sudden my brother started talking and he just said, and again, this is not going to be exact, but from what I recall, he just said, like, we feel like there's a an elephant in the room with us, like that we aren't good at talking together as a family without offending one another. And he just said, we'd like to be able to have a relationship with each other. And yeah. so he didn't um, point it at me initially. I'm sitting there very aware of what he's getting at. And, and so he said, we actually have this, what was it, a family mediator? Who they, I think, yeah. And he, that's what he called David. And he said, we have this family mediator here who could just come and sit with us and help us to, to learn how to talk to each other. And, mm -hmm. and so he viewed, he phrased it in a way of like, it was for us, all of us and not just um, intended for me. And so one thing he said, he's like, you don't have to say anything. Cause I started getting very hesitant very quickly. And he said, you don't have to say anything. You can just sit and listen. If you get uncomfortable, you can leave. Yeah. So I'm like, oh yeah, if I don't have to say anything, sweet. So brings in this guy. And first of all, like I view him as like the enemy, right? Like For this sure. guy comes in, sits down and I'm just like, who do you think you are? Yeah. And he sits there and then so it's for like two hours that he asked a question and just talked about like so what's like a point of tension with your families or different things or yeah with your family and so people just went around and they were talking about a completely different situation not pertaining to sure. me and i know full well where they actually want this conversation to go and i'm not helping them at all mm. like i'm pissed uh, ticked sorry i don't know <laughs> we, can, I'm, no, that's, we can say that on this podcast and yeah and so i'm yeah not happy and so i was yeah, not helping them at all sure. and then 
then all of a sudden my sister Jackie is just fed up she's like hey this is not why we came here we've been sitting here for two hours just beating around the bush and she started talking about what it was like for her after they left Lamb of God right and what it was like with our relationship and how she felt like we went from being so close to so distant and mm-hmm. how even after I moved into Saskatoon there were things that I couldn't talk to her about or like that there was just a wall being put up between us right and so David asks me he's like so how do you feel about this like with what your sister's saying and right away I'm like I don't feel comfortable with this and Stan had prepared us for things like this he had specifically given us words to use which is what I used and I said I don't feel comfortable I don't want to sit in on this I got up and I left and then my dad follows me out and I just ream him out in the hallway and I'm just like how dare you do this to me I came for a family trip this is not fair end up going back to my hotel room and so from there, and again, timelines are foggy. It was quite an interesting week. But sure. from there, I, yeah. um, I would say the first three days, I was not listening. Like there was, I think it was the next what was morning. That day was that it? Leah was there. Oh, and she came. Leah right. had come and we had Leah waiting. In, we had Leah waiting in the wings too. And so I'm down, <laughs> it's kind of funny that this even went on, but I'm down water sliding with the kids while sure. this is going on. <laughs> yeah in the hotel and babysitting all these kids because I can't be in there. Yeah. And all of a sudden, and you're wondering because two hours has gone by and you're, you know, you're having fun with the kids, but you're also like, well, you're, you're also over there, right? I yeah. Hope it's going good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden everybody starts rolling back downstairs because this was on the third floor where this, their room was. They come back downstairs. So I come out of the pool and, and honestly, Jackie's brother's like Blaine in particular, it looked like he was shell-shocked. Yeah. And everybody came out of there and they just looked like they'd been through a war. And yeah. Jackie's face was white and everybody was just like, and I'm like, what happened? What's going on? Yeah. And sh- they said, she left. She's mad. She says she's going home. She said she's flying back to Saskatoon, blah, blah, blah. And Leah's there at the time. And Leah says, well, we were really close when we were there. I think I can go talk to her. And I remember saying, I don't know. <laughs> and... uh but it's worth a try. So Leah yeah. goes up there and takes the soft approach mm-hmm. and she goes up to try and talk to Victory and I'm thinking, okay, good. Hopefully it goes well. She's back down in less than 10 minutes and she looks like she has been through a war and back. And okay. Victory has... Tore a strip off of her too, apparently. did you? Well, she <laughs> she walked into my room and again, she's, she's viewed as someone who left yeah. again the enemy. And so she walked yeah. in. I wouldn't, like initially wouldn't close the door and she's just like can we just talk like can we just like she said we were so close when when i was there like why won't you just talk to me as as a friend and i just said i was like we're on different teams i said Uh, we're not like uh, you decided to walk away like just things like that i just said no i said i don't want to talk to you i don't want to have this conversation and and she's like and she just wouldn't give in eventually i was like i think she said she's like can we just pray and I was like, sure. I said, I will sit here and I will say a prayer with you. And so we said a prayer and then she left. Okay. And that was. And then I'm it. downstairs. And again, I thought she'd be up there for a bit, go back in. And all right. of a sudden I look out, she's in the hallway again, just kind of leaning against the wall. And I come out, I'm like, what happened? And she, she just says, it, it did not go good. Okay. You need to go up there. You just, you just got to go. And because the whole plan was for me to stay out of it because uh, I'm somewhat confrontational anyway, and <laughs> and uh, self-aware. That's good. Yeah, that's good. So anyway, so I throw my shirt on and I go running up the stairs to the third floor. I turn the corner and Victory is like I'm talking full on stomping down the hallway, hair bouncing, and she's headed straight to her parents' room. Wow! And I turn the corner and I start booting her down the hallway towards her because she said she's going home, right? So she was right. And she, she just as she goes to knock on the door, she sees me out of the corner of her eye and she turns. She says, "Don't you dare! Stay there!" <laughs> don't you dare come over here. Don't you wow. even talk to me. And so then I go right at her and we start freaking out on each other in the, in the hallway. So this was at 10 in the morning. This went on till two in the afternoon. We yelled at each other in the hallway for four hours straight. Wow. And were there other people in the hotel? Oh yeah. Like oh, the, yeah. Whole, the whole time right this is going us. on, people are coming in and out of the rooms. The maid is cleaning. Yeah. So at one point, Victory's going to leave on me. And I actually brought, brought the poor Filipino maid into the whole thing <laughs> because Victory is about, she's like, I'm not taking this anymore. And yeah. she starts walking to her room. And yeah. so then I yell down to the maid and I say, Hey, do you think it's okay for a man to push a woman around? 
Do you think that's okay? <laughs> and this poor maid, she just puts her head down, starts folding towels. She <laughs> doesn't even know what to do. And she has no idea what to do. And then I, so I'm, I'm now talking to the maid. Sure. And Victor's like, stop it. Stop it. You're embarrassing. Stop it. And I'm saying, no, seriously, do you think it's okay for a man to say this and this and this to a woman, all the words that he said, the C word? Not. Yeah. I'm saying them all in this poor maid. And, and she's just folding towels. <laughs> and Victor's like, stop it. And I said, well, what? Are you willing to go to bat for that? Is that something you're willing to go to bat for? Because if you are, then I said, and I said, well, let's go to the Star Phoenix tomorrow. And we'll mm-hmm. talk about it. I'll be on 650 News tomorrow afternoon if you want. And I'll, t- I'll tell the whole thing. And if you're okay with that in the public, then then that's fine if you want to defend that. And then wow. that actually got her to not go in her room. By now, she's at her door. So I walked down there and we spent the next, that was the first 10 minutes. Then we spent the next three and a half hours. And... And like she is, she's hitting me about everything that she's heard, right? She's yeah. she's accusing me of things, and I'm I'm telling her, and we're going back and forth. We're quoting scripture back and forth, and and I'm telling her scripture in context, and she's saying that I did this, and I'm saying that's baloney and whatever, and yeah. on and on. And she's like everything from running down Hillsong to, and I'm like, what the heck does Hillsong have to do with anything? <laughs> I don't go to Hillsong, and you know, and it was all these yeah. things, but it's all the the ammo that Stan mm-hmm. and whether it was pure exhaustion or whether it was just finally a breakthrough or whatever, but about the three and a half hour mark. And I'm, I'm a pretty emotional guy. So I'm crying. I'm yeah. yelling. Yeah. I like it's, yeah. and people are pulling their luggage between <laughs> us as they're leaving. <laughs> and Jackie's whole family's hiding because they don't want to be any part oh, no. of this. Oh, and they don't no. want to, interrupt it or anything oh my goodness and at about the three and a half hour mark all of a sudden victory just sits down on the floor and and uh starts to cry and i was crying and i sat down on the floor across from her in the hallway and just told her how much i loved her and and uh and we we actually it was like the first time in two years that we had had a real conversation that wall that yeah that cult personality that that wall that gets put up just came crumbling down all at one moment and all of a sudden we could just talk to one another on and actually talk for real and then i just said to her i'm like so should we go meet with with dave david and she just said yeah and then we got up and walked to her parents room and she was willing to sit and listen and and just listen to the information that David had. And he deals with, he's been doing this for 40 years. So he's dealt with so many of the groups that you've heard about, the group that John Lennon was a part of. Right. Right. He's dealt with all these groups and he's got a background in this. And and she was willing to go in there. And so then all of a sudden we had this breakthrough where she, so I ran downstairs. Yeah. And I had knocked on David's door and I'm like, it's a go, let's go. So quick before something changes, yeah. right? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And we, we got in there and we started at two, we started at two in the afternoon and went straight through till like two in the morning that night, midnight. And just, and, and Vic was very, she's very intelligent and she, uh, I think she was way more intelligent and well put together and had way more knowledge of the Bible than her family had ever anticipated. And so she was able to tear them to shreds with the Bible. But David had, even more of a background in the Bible and mm-hmm. even more of a background where she would say something and he was actually able to say, okay, well, this group believes that too. And this group believes that too, but here's the context. And he would get into the Hebrew and the Greek and, yeah. and he would break it down and actually show her the context. And just one by one, all these things were just slowly coming down over the period of, of all those hours. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So from my perspective, um, after Terry talks about our, like four hour, I don't think you would call it a conversation in the <laughs> hotel hallway, more so um, fight, um, eventually turning into a conversation and then, yeah, going into more of the intervention, I guess, um, even during those like four hours of, of talking with Terry, I know that there was a good chunk of that time where I was just fighting, right? Because I'm, mm-hmm. I believe I'm fighting for something that I've a belief I believed in, right? Sure. Like something yeah. that I believed wholeheartedly yeah. in. And so I wasn't, my view at the time was I'm not going to let someone just take this away. Right. Um, similar to, I'd say where I'm at now with my relationship with God, but in a, just viewing it in a very different way. Right. But, um, and so there was at one point during this conversation with Terry that he said to me, 
he's like, Stan, at Lamb of God used to always say, make a decision or make an informed decision. So we used to hear that a lot. And, and yet, at Lamb of God, while, like, while Terry was being spoken about after he left or went just painted in a really terrible light, mm-hmm. Stan would say things like, there's two sides to every story. But we were not encouraged once to go and find out the other side of the story. Interesting. And so we were discouraged. Like different people who had talked to Terry would say, like, it's poison, the things that he has to say. And and basically, you're not strong enough to withhold this, like to wow. handle it kind of thing. Wow. And so it was discouraged by so many people to even go and have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, finding out the other side of the story wasn't even an option and it was scary to even think about doing that. But you would view it as a we would say things like, no, I, I know that what I'm doing is, is right. I believe it. I don't need to talk to you about this. I don't need to have this conversation right. instead of having a view of like, no, like challenge me, right. ask me these questions exactly. so that, so then I can ask myself, okay, why do I actually believe what I believe mm-hmm. and to be challenged? But I would just say, no, like I, I don't want to hear what you have to say. And I would completely shut it off. And so when Terry said that, make a decision or make an informed decision, the fact that he used Stan's words kind of it twisted on me. Right. And I was like, okay, so I can either sit here and listen to what David has to say about the intervention, hear all of this information, and then if I decide to leave Lamb of God, then then I decide that because I've listened to the information or I can tell them I listened to it, but I've still decided to stay. Right. And so I got to that point of like, okay, like this is okay to do. And a little bit of the fear subsided because I was afraid that I was doing something wrong, that I was going to be in trouble for sitting and listening to all of this when I got back to Lamb. Which I'm sure you would have been, right? Um, Somehow, would you have? He, in a way, so skipping ahead a little bit, I ended up going back kind of for two weeks, but I was treated very differently because they didn't want me to leave. So there was a lot of love, so to speak. And so... And so I was kind of encouraged for how I handled things because or else it possibly would have pushed me away. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. uh, Yes. Good manipulating Mm -hmm. on his part. He has an incredible read of people. Sure. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're wrestling now. You're thinking, okay, now you're starting, like there's something starting to move in Mm -hmm. your, in your, in your head. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyways, ended up going back to the hotel room and sitting there and again for hours most days and I think the timeline's a little skewed because in between here we ended up actually leaving for a part of a day and going and doing a hike because I told my family I wouldn't sit and listen to this any longer I said I came here for a family (laughs) vacation we're doing something (laughs) and so then two or three yeah I think something like that and so eventually right had this fight conversation with Terry and then went and listened to this information and um I would say that again I felt like I had this solid foundation, but as I spoke with David, he would like, we watched these different videos about these different groups. Mm. And he would say to me, he's like, cause he was so careful with how he worded things. He I'm said, sure. I'm not saying yeah. that this is what Lamb of God is, but there are parallels. Yeah. It's very similar. Yeah. And so we'd watch these videos and then, and again, Terry might remember more details can are very foggy from that week, but mm. there were different scriptures that, I would throw it and I would say, but what about this? Right. And I said, and this, and he said, but you're looking at it wrong. Like you're, yeah. you need to view the context. Here's the you context. Need to. Yep. And never once did I know about context or about the Greek or all, like I didn't know any right. of that. And so he would, yeah, he would toss it back at me and explain it, or he would just take this book. And another thing that was discouraged was even reading the footnotes in scripture because it was this view of instead of reading scripture and allowing the Holy Spirit to open my eyes to see, I'm going to a man. And so there were some people who at Lamb of God who were pastors ended up coming to Lamb of God and they talked about having these libraries full of commentaries. Well, commentaries were viewed as a negative thing. Right. And so once again, it's like you're strictly, you're reading scripture and it's, you're not getting any type of guidance from the outside. It was either Stan and then you using scripture, believing that you're letting the Holy Spirit speak to you, but it was influenced by Stan. And so you'd read different scriptures and it would be teachings that he taught us. And it wasn't me reading it for myself. And so as I started to learn about like about the context and about the actual meanings of things and the different meanings of words in the Greek, I started again, being able to just like 
view things differently. Like it wasn't like David was just giving me this information in a way of like, like to prove a point, so to speak. He like, he wanted me to understand. And people have asked me before if they, if it would have been someone who didn't know scripture. So say it was, because you can have different people who are exit counselors who maybe it's not Bible-based, right? But if he didn't know his scripture, I wouldn't have listened to him, right? Because it was fully, because I believed that it was, that I was following scripture and that Mm -hmm. it was of God. But he completely turned things around. And there were, like, we describe it as, like, you feel like your head is going to explode because something that you put your whole life and your whole heart into is completely crumbled underneath you. And, And so at that point, I... I ended up listening, so it was five days, this intervention. And then at the end of it, obviously they wanted me to make a decision at that point, whether yeah. I was going to leave or stay. But yeah. I didn't feel like I could because like, my best friends were yeah. still there. I still lived with all of these girls, and I just said, like, I need to go back and just read the different books that you've given to me, and I need to be able to have some time to make this decision. And so flew back home and... I ended up still being kind of a Lamb of God for two weeks. Okay. And I didn't go to a lot of meetings. I didn't see a lot of people because at that time I was still afraid that, because I hadn't fully made a decision to leave. So I still thought that maybe there was like, and oh, it's so crazy to think about some type of spirit on me from yeah. the intervention that would affect people still at Lamb of God. Sure. And so I didn't yeah. really want to have too much interaction with them mm-hmm. if I was going to influence them in the wrong way. And so ended up spending two weeks not not knowing who to trust, right? Like I sat there, I listened to David, I listened to my family and their concerns and listened to these different scriptures and these books. And then I come back and I'm under, like I'm with my friends and I hear their side of things. And I don't know at that point who to trust. Hmm. I don't know who to go to. And so I spent weeks on like... I told when I came back to work, I told them that something had happened with my family and they let me just kind of, I had some days where I could only work half days or things like that. And they, we just figured that out in the end, but they understood. And so I would maybe come to work for half a day and I'd leave and I would drive around Saskatoon and I would just ball. Like Mm. I would just, or I'd sit on park benches and read because Mm. I didn't know who else to turn to or who to talk to. And, and so it was those two weeks of like I'd go to work and during that day I'd be like okay I think I need to leave and then I'd come back home I'd talk to people even my sponsor I'd talk to her about things and it's like no I'm gonna stay went on like that for two weeks and um it would have been it would have been exhausting oh it was yeah Yeah, it was awful and I lost I lost a lot of weight during that time like during the intervention I couldn't eat I couldn't eat when I got back like my roommate was making me food giving me protein (laughs) shakes I get some food in my system because it's like when you have a decision to make, it's it honestly feels like life or death. Yeah. Like it does. Because if you leave this place, like there's these feelings of, oh, am I going to go to hell? Or yeah. is my life going to just completely crumble? And I didn't know what to expect. And so I ended up, after the two weeks, um, I called Terry. So it was on a Friday. So another thing that we used to do on a Friday is we go down and we called it cleaning. So we go to Lamb of God and it was just the women and you would go and clean the building. And so I hadn't been doing a lot of things I like involved at Lamb of God, but eventually I, before that, after work, I called Terry and I just like, and again, I'm terrified to make this phone call to him because him of all people I should not be talking to. And I just said, I don't know what to do. Like I go day to day thinking, okay, I'm going to leave. No, I'm going to stay. I'm going to leave. I'm going to stay. And, and he said, he's like, sometimes you just have to pull the bandaid off. Like you just have to go and, and just see. And they talked to me about it taking a certain amount of time for the fog to clear because you're in such an intense environment and you're influenced so much that you need to remove yourself from the situation in order to start thinking clearly. Yep. And so as I left, and again, this was different things that Terry had mentioned to me too, but I left not saying I'm never going to come back. I left in the way of, I need to make sense of the things that I heard. If I decide to come back, if I think that it's an okay place, then I will give myself permission to do that. And if not, I'll just leave. And so after that conversation with Terry, I went to cleaning 
no one knew there what my decision was. I basically was going there to say bye to my friends. Mm. And so, like, I hugged them. I was there for the evening, said, see you later kind of thing. And then the next morning, I told my sponsor, who was also my roommate at the time, that I decided to leave. And it's even, like, as I look back, um, the reaction is so... It's just awful. And it's not that person, but it's because of how people have been viewed. Because when I told her, she's just like, really? Like, basically, you're giving up? And she said, so what are you going to do for the rest of the day? Go hang out with Terry and Jackie. Go hang out with Leah. Mm. And just like this, just really not kind way, right? Like, in view of like, oh, you're going to go hang out with them kind of thing. And I just said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I decided that was on a Saturday morning. Um, My family drove up on Sunday um, with a trailer. We packed up all of my stuff in the house that I was living in and I moved out. And it was that, I guess it was the Saturday before that I had also gone like to each one of my closer friends who were living in different houses in the same area. And I basically, I went to their homes. Jackie was driving me. I went inside and I kind of gathered them all together and I said, I've decided to leave. And because at that point, I felt like I owed it to them. I felt, and there was also a list of like people I thought I should call and tell. Like that's mm-hmm. how close you are to these yep. people, which yep. a lot of these phone calls I didn't make. One was to Stan specifically because I still had this view of like, oh, he's helped me so much. And he's like, because I'm still under that control oh, yeah. in a way, right? Yeah. And so I ended up, yeah, telling them that I was leaving and then moved out on Sunday. The next week, Terry and Jackie helped me. We just looked into different places to rent. I There were so many options that I could either stay at Terry and Jackie's, that was an option, or I could stay at some different friends of theirs. Options were given to me sure. of what I could do. Yep. But because I still at that point didn't know who to trust or I didn't want to look like I was completely dependent on them f- from the view of people at Lamb of God. So yeah. I ended up just moving into a basement suite by myself. And, um, and started life over right and and that was the beginning of it's been two years now but of a road of a lot of learning and and still today like there and I I think it's a lifelong thing of learning scripture and reading in context and it's always like I want to I want to learn and I want to know like okay God what actually did you mean here in scripture and there are times where I'll send a text to Terry's and text to Jackie and I'll get just with questions right because I'll say okay we heard this at Lamb of God this way but what does it actually mean like was that accurate and then Terry with how he is will send very long text messages <laughs> back but with but with the scripture and with things in yeah. context because yeah. because again with the Terry and Jackie, they know what I've been through, right? They were they were in there. And so they understand that like view of scripture. And so that's why, like even during Pastor Marvin's sermon on Sunday, as he talks about renewing of the mind, and he also talked about rules, right? Mm. And like that that it's not this set of rules because there were different things at Lamb of God, whether it be, so we wore head coverings, women wore head coverings, we wore skirts to meetings, long skirts. And that came out of other people's influence and other people's thoughts. It wasn't out of, this is, this is scriptural or what you should, like it was other people saying, we're coming before a holy God, so we should wear these skirts or, but it was their thoughts and their ideas. It wasn't a conviction that I had, right? right? Yeah. And, and so then one person who has so much influence says or suggests something, that's another thing. It was all, it came as suggestions, so many things. But if you were to disobey it, you were basically, you thought you were disobeying God. Yeah. And so it's like those, yeah, the clothes that you wore, it was like all on the outside with these rules and regulations was that's how I was serving God. And it was like, my relationship with God was based on a system. It was based on being at Lamb of God, staying there instead of that. It doesn't matter what church I go to, that I believe that Jesus Christ is in me. It doesn't matter, yeah, where where I go there, but that he's still here. That it's not, it doesn't have to be based on this one system and of what like this one group believes. Cause that's mm-hmm. what I thought. That was where my relationship with God was based on, was in this group instead of actually having this personal relationship with him. So, so yeah, I mean, that, again, is an amazing ending 
to the story. And I know it's probably not, it's not an ending because it's still, mm-hmm. it's still obviously really personal and still family and friends and um, that are still impacted by it. Um, but I'm curious. So then in light of this and, and for both of you guys, how does it change how you renew your mind or how you look at things? Uh, I imagine there's an urgency that you might have that other people may not have as far as testing things, um, evaluating things, keeping, making sure your mind <laughs> is where it should be. Um, and I know, uh, Terry, just from what you were saying earlier and from the other podcast, it's almost you have a, you're on a mission in some ways to make sure, to understand what happened. And then I assume in some ways to never be, never be duped again or never be, you know. So how do you, in terms of how you keep your focus and how do you renew your mind in light of what you guys experienced? Um, yeah, so... Oh man, it it's such a long road out of there, and but such an amazing one. Like all the stuff Victory went through, I I went through different things because I was a guy, I was married, I wasn't a single female there, so her mm-hmm. experience there, even though we were in the same group, was very different. Yeah, mm-hmm. and but the one thing that is the same is the reconstruction of a belief system, and um, I think that like I was talking with someone recently, and you guys did the thing on uh, what is it CBT? Recently, you did cognitive yeah, behavior yeah. therapy, mm-hmm. and what I think is so cool about that is one of the things that I didn't really understand what it was, but I've said to people who have left this group is you have to embrace the pain. You have to instead of running from it. And I think that God puts us in situations where sometimes our belief system or something that we think is right crumbles, and just because we're human we naturally think that oh it crumbled so i i need to fix it or it i need to something's wrong i don't feel right whereas maybe there's a something that how i view it now is when i when i have a rough patch or something goes on i don't think oh no something's wrong i think what what do i believe right now that is making me feel this way okay and what what should my proper belief system be? And for me, it's scripture. It has to be going back to scripture over and over and over again. And I, I am over the top <laughs> crazy about talking about this because I see it all the time. And the reason, even the whole reason that, uh, so the first time Josh tricked me into coming on here, like fully tricked me, <laughs> he just asked me to show up. And then when I showed up, he's like, hey, tell your story. <laughs> and then, so I, I had no, but this time, we knew, you know, I knew Vic was coming and, yeah. and I knew we were going to do this. But the whole reason that that I really want to do this is because our story is is extreme. Sure. But what I have noticed since I've come out and now we're just about four years out is I talk to 20-somethings. I talk to people who are going through these, these low places because everything is uncertain in your 20s. Mm-hmm. It just is. Like it's a whole mm-hmm. different phase of life. And what I hear over and over is people's belief systems are not helping them through what Mm -hmm. they're going through in their 20s because the belief system that they have is contrary to scripture Mm -hmm. and if you believe that you are going to be totally blessed by God and everything is going to be rosy you are going to be severely disappointed because and I look through scripture and that's not what I see. Mm-hmm. I don't see that. Yes, there's promises in there, but there's just as many, like if you've ever read the Fox's Book of Martyrs. Yeah, like didn't end well. No, and that's how they lived, right? Yeah. And that, like Peter's belief system was that he wanted to be crucified upside down because he didn't believe that he was worthy to be crucified in the same way that Jesus was. And now I see things happen and I look around and somebody doesn't get the job that they want and their entire Christian faith crumbles. So my entire Christian faith crumbled when this group fell out from under me. And what that made me realize is my foundation was not in Jesus. My Mm -hmm. foundation was not in scripture. Mm -hmm. My foundation was in this group. And if anybody's out there and anybody believes something and anybody's going through a rough time, instead of worrying about the rough time, I'm not saying that you just navel gaze or whatever, Mm -hmm. but if if I lose something or don't get something and everything crumbles, then that shows me what my faith is in. What 
I expect do I is God a vending machine right like yeah like these are the sort of things and and when my belief system was was off I went after it with everything I had like and so I realized that I can believe I realize it and I can when I I think so often we surround ourselves with people who believe exactly the same as us and yeah with social media and things like that now it's so easy to do that because if you have a twitter feed you just follow all the people who agree with you exactly and then it's wonderful right yeah and for me i've i spent the time before lamb of god rolling through christian circles and getting told all the same things over and over and then when i'm at lamb of god i do the exact same thing in the other ditch i go yep. from total liberalism to legalism yeah and neither one was okay and yet the bible holds everything in tension like yeah. josh said this to me before because i was a million questions right <laughs> and the poor guy so but i would go to elam 201 and that's why i would suggest that to anybody and to elam go. 201 is is a course right elam 201 is a course and i think it looks a bit different than when i went now but basically it's just learning how to read the bible and yes we're all christians we get told to read the bible yeah. but so many of us don't read the bible properly yeah. we just don't because it was a book written two thousand years ago and like little things even like when they would say uh a thousand years for something they didn't like they weren't meaning that it's literally a thousand years yeah. that's how they used to say like we yeah. would say like a million years from now yeah that was their you know what i yeah. mean just little nuances things like that as you read it and as you approach the bible in that way and you actually approach the bible in a way that you would even approach a book you would never flip to page whatever 337 yeah. in a book and read four paragraphs and be like i got it i got it yeah no you yep. would read it from beginning to end yeah and i know we can't necessarily sit down and read genesis all the way through to revelation but but it's it's reading things in context so for me i'm super passionate about this because i as was discussed just a week ago or, or two weeks ago whenever that was about cbt it's when I approach my day, whatever I, my expectations are going to determine how I feel about my day. So if I expect that the Christian life is supposed to look a certain way, but the Bible says it's supposed to look totally different, I'm going to view it. I'm going to view my life and how I approach life and how I talk to people totally different. And an example of that is, is when people want to bring people to the Lord, like, and get them to say a prayer. Well, no, Jesus calls us to, to make disciples. And what's the difference? When you make a disciple, they're a follower, and their life becomes about following Jesus. It's not about a point. Well, if we get somebody to a point, and they say a prayer, and then we just leave them mm -hmm. stranded, as opposed to walk alongside people and make disciples of Jesus and be in community with one another and talk about these things. Like, And I've experienced behavior modification, and it does not work. It absolutely does not work. And so for me to, whether it's a a non-Christian person, their life is not going to get better if they just stop doing this certain sin. Mm -hmm. Because they're not even a Christian. Why yeah. would I expect them to do that, right? Yeah. But if they follow Jesus, if they learn who he is, if we learn who he is, if we're willing to to be called out on stuff, like if I'm willing to put... Like sometimes I'll disagree with something I've heard Josh say, right? <laughs> yeah, I disagree with him a lot. Okay. But, but what I like about it is I'll... You know, we're close enough friends. I'm not saying just to randomly walk up to somebody you don't know. <laughs> I and disagree be like, with you. Yeah, but I can have a conversation with them. And the reason I challenge them isn't just because I want to prove to him that I'm right, although I do like that. Too. But, <laughs> but, but it's like I need to test what I believe. Yeah. Because if I'm off, I'm the type of person I'm going to go gung-ho for yeah. whatever I believe in. And if I'm going in the wrong direction, I've experienced it before. I've done it. Yeah. And so... So is, is that a is that a result of coming out of Lamb of God and saying never again, or is it or is that was it always there just in a different form for you? Um, it would be I would say all of my past experiences yeah. would kind of lead towards that, but it's it's not like a vendetta necessarily. It's like like so. There's been times that I've talked to people, and you know maybe after the podcast, some people reached out and talked to me and things mm -hmm. like that. And if you're one of these people, sorry, but, but you've re people reached out to me and just said, man, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I'm so glad that I have never been in somewhere like that. Mm -hmm. Or I'm so glad that I didn't yeah. fall. But what I talk to people and I've seen, we're the extreme. This is an extreme sure. version. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like 
we were at a men's retreat up at Roster, and I'm praying with somebody, and they they literally have based their last ten years on a word that was spoken over them in another province at a meeting, mm-hmm. and it's causing strife between their wife and them. How do you know that that word was even correct? Right. Right. But they believe that that word was correct because it was said, and they've. How many times do people go up for prayer, and if they don't get healed or something, or you know what I mean? There's yeah. all these things in Christian circles that happen and throw people totally off. And what I'm saying is this is, is an example that we're human and we are fallible. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to be manipulated. It's very easy to emotionalize things. It's I don't want mm-hmm. I don't want to tell somebody that their life is going to be amazing just so they can say a prayer. Yeah. That is not in my realm of thinking. That is not anything I think about when I hear what Marv Marvin said on the weekend, like I absolutely, like my insides were just mm. ready to just shout, right? <laughs> yeah. Because like yeah. everything that was talked about is what I believe to the core of my being. It's yeah. like when your mind is renewed, when you when you truly realize who Jesus is, there's something that, like even everything we've talked about. My kids went through a fair bit while we were there. Jackie mm-hmm. went through a ton. You know, I'm not saying that it's been easy. It's not great that people are telling our kids that we're going to hell and all this stuff, right? Yeah. But I wouldn't trade a second of it. Yep. It was 13 years of my life. It's made me who I am today. It's made me believe in, in Jesus the way that I do now. It's made me approach the Bible in a way that when I was a teenager, I'm just a stubborn idiot. That's who I am. <laughs> and I have been as long as I can remember. Yeah. And... Um, and like sometimes some people are more bullheaded than others and need more of a kick in the butt but that was a 13 year kick in the keister for me and it took me to a low point where maybe for somebody like me it was what I needed to finally look up and say like I can't do this I just can't Yeah. and it's made when I read the Bible like I don't just read the Bible because Marvin said to read it or we have a Bible plan at Elam like I don't even follow that one I I just you just read I work my way mm-hmm. through a lot slower because I re- I'm I'm a nerd that way and and it's just who I am sure. but yeah but I'm not doing it just because you know because we're Christians and we're supposed to read our Bible and you're supposed to give this money and you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that 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 part of me is totally what like gone at this point it's like I I told God I told Jesus that I was going to follow him. I told him that when I was a teenager. I've messed up a ton along the way. I've went in this ditch and I went in that ditch. But I truly, truly, truly want to follow him. And mm-hmm. I, and if I want to follow him, I want to know who he is. I don't want a God that is just loving and a pansy and yeah. forgives everybody and whatever. And he does do those things. But I also know that scripture says that he's a just God mm-hmm. and he's a holy God. And he's someone that... When I understand the holiness of God, then the way that I live my life is totally different. Mm. If I just think he's, you know what I mean? It's that, what Josh would tell me when I'd be, I'd have these questions. Well, the Bible says this, and, but then it says this, and they're kind of the opposite or whatever I would think. And he's like, the Bible holds everything in tension. And so we've got a God that we serve that is a just God, which I wouldn't want to serve yeah. a God that wasn't a just God. And yeah. we have a God that's a loving God. And those two and a forgiving God and those two can be totally opposites when you look in the Bible and you see the people that he destroyed yeah. right nations he destroyed and and you wonder how how those things can can even be held together but then when you look at the Bible from beginning to end and for me when I realized that that the holiness of God that was in the law and the Old Testament it never left and mm-hmm. that he actually made a way through Jesus to he still required payment for sin and if I don't realize that God is holy and actually requires payment for sin, then my entire belief system is different. And and I know I'm going on a rant here, but that's it's <laughs> a good rant. That's what I yeah. that's what I believe, yeah. and that's why I think that for me it's still a progress, or uh, uh, like it's still in progress. But but it's like there's times that I sit down and maybe I work in the oil patch, and hmm. it's not a pretty time in the oil no, patch it right isn't. now. No. So yeah, but there's times that. I sit down and yeah, maybe we had to let a bunch of people go and, and all this is going on and, and my head might go somewhere. But if I, when I sit down and I, whether it's listening to 
like I'll listen to exegetical sermons that are just like yeah. an hour on one or two verses. Yep. Right? And, and it'll just change my mindset or sit down and read the Bible. It's not sitting down. I just need to be grounded all the time. Yeah. That. And that's how I look at it now. And I guess that's, that's why this is so I've experienced, I've seen the amount of heartache that can come. I've seen the amount of hurt. I still watch a bunch of people that I really care about. Mm-hmm. Some that I'm related to, lots that I still consider friends, even though they won't talk to me anymore. I see them. I see that they are passionately living their lives uh, to follow the what they believe, and I I see the hurt that comes out of there, and I see the like I've watched the I've watched Victory leave, I've watched Leah leave, I've watched my brother leave, I've watched a few other girls leave, and I've watched their entire lives crumble around them, mm-hmm. and. And there's times that I wish I could fix it. Mm-hmm. I wish I could make it all better. But I realize that it's just the, the process that they got to go through of, of tearing down and then, then the renewing of their mind on the way up. And, and sometimes like there's not much I can do other than, than just try and kind of walk alongside them. Right. Like, yeah. so yeah. That's what yeah I mean, and ultimately as much as we wish, it's not, we have don't have that power right mm-hmm. um but i think there's a like there's a tension there too and we we talked about this um i don't know if it was on when we're recording or not but how um you know we can't just sit and and pray for these things and we should pray but not just sit and pray mm-hmm. uh there's action involved which i think is is good and i mean i love the urgency i feel like there's you have an urgency about this and uh i think that's really encouraging Victory, I'm just curious on your perspective how, um, because in, I would imagine in a lot of ways you're still recovering, yes. even now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does that change or how has it impacted how you renew your mind or how do you keep, where are you in that process and, mm-hmm. and in your journey and, and how has it impacted that process? Yeah. Um, well, one thing I'll say is that the journey out and after is so different for every person and um like yeah the way it looked for leah for terry for jackie and myself and others who have left is is very different and you can't just view something like this as like okay someone's gonna leave and it's gonna be like this it's not uh i think cookie cutter maybe is the right word like it's it's not like that and i know for myself there have been just a lot of different um I do like talking is something that really help, has helped me over the past couple of years just to to talk things through and with people who who I believe have a sound like knowledge of scripture who won't just who won't just sugarcoat it for me who won't be like oh like she came out of such an abusive situation let's just soften this no someone who will like will teach me actually what scripture says mm-hmm. because I I don't want, I obviously don't want to go back to the like reading scripture and learning in an unhealthy way and reading it out of context, but I also don't want to jump to another ship of, of light and fluffy, right? Right. Like I, and that has, that's what's helped me is having these conversations, even with Josh or with Terry or like different people who know their scripture so well, because to be honest, it's still reading scripture is not an easy thing for me yet Mm -hmm. at this point and i i don't believe it's ever i don't believe it's ever that easy i don't i don't know i don't i know some people enjoy reading more than others but it's something that i believe is so important as a part of my christian faith and and yet it's been a lot of more so talking with people and 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 testing right in Mm -hmm. like um asking a lot of questions so i'll maybe hear something from one person but it's like hey but that doesn't make sense here like and then getting some more clarification from from someone who i trust who actually who really knows their scripture and i know a part of like after leaving with with my mind and that whole like just renewing because there's a physical trauma that takes place out of all of this right yes, like is, yep. yes there's the part of reading scripture in context and learning what it truly says, but there's also physical trauma that took place for all of us, but inside of our brains. And, and so I've, 
I have a psychologist who I see on a regular basis. I go to a natural path, different like steps that I've taken over these past two years to to help heal that. Yep. But but also my natural path is a Christian and she and she's also knows a lot of what's gone on and so from other people. And so it's like using those things, like those tools that I have, but also knowing above every, like of all of it, that the most important thing is my, my faith being rooted and grounded in, in Christ and, and knowing like, it's again, like what Terry talked about with looking back on the 10 years that I was at Lamb of God, I look back and it's like, no, I don't want to go back to that. I hope and pray someday my friends can can see truth and walk away from that. Mm-hmm. But I also, there have been so many situations where I see like, okay, God, it's, it hurts looking back at what we went through, but I'm grateful for that. Or I'm grateful for that because now I I can see as different things happen throughout life, I view it so differently. Mm. And I like in just in things that happen every day that can, that I can see different people get so wound up in or like just immersed with where if my relationship is so rooted in Christ that it, it just helps me every day as I go throughout my day, like the smallest of things, most days don't, don't throw me off. Right. Mm -hmm. That it's like, okay, no, this is just, this is a challenge, something to work through, something to keep like, God, what are you trying to teach me here? Instead of like viewing it as, um, something that's crumbling like and i know the big extreme can be my whole like belief in christ crumbling but i think every day you see or i can see in the choices that i make or things what happens to me the way that i react to things show me am i actually putting my trust in god Mm -hmm. or or am i putting it in in just the i don't know what the right word is am i putting it in just the hope of the people around me to maybe make me feel good or things but it's like if my faith is rooted in him then then that shouldn't matter and good stuff so it's yeah it's been a lot of hard work that's still continuing but there's been a lot of help and support well that's good yeah i mean i think that's with this process that's what there's no shortcuts it is Mm -hmm. just hard work Mm -hmm. there's no um, and that's, you know, the attractive part of some of these groups or other things where obviously there's a huge sense of community, but there's also um, a simplicity to it. Um, and I think sometimes that that is, that's attractive. Um, you know, this process of renewing your mind is a difficult process and there's no shortcuts and it's a lifelong thing. Um, and I think we obviously move, we, we're moving uh, on a on a line towards Christ, hopefully, um, and one day being, you know, in his presence and perfect, but until then we're not. And so it's, it's this, you know, and I think, so obviously it's hard. And, uh, and then you throw in things like this where there's abuse, mental, um, spiritual abuse, and, and that is just even more, more difficult. So thank you guys for coming. Thank you for sharing more of your story and how, again, how it impacts the mind is, I mean, it's a, such a powerful thing is with our faith. Uh, they're, they're related. They're not, they're not separate. Um, and that it is a battle. Uh, and, um, yeah, thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you.